looking at 2020 wisdom this year. And last week, <laughs> last week, when I turned up, I thought I had a great idea that I would reach into my, because we had a parent-child dedication, reach into the wardrobe, reach into the, and, and grab a shirt that had just been come out of its package. And I thought that shirts were kind of like self-ironing, right? And it was dark. It was really dark in the morning last week. And I reached for it and I put it on and I came along here and then people noticed that I had creases. Because <laughs> I, had, I hadn't ironed it. I thought they came ironed out of the packet. Right? And I had these, these pleats that were standing out. So I said, that's it. See, a, f- a fool is someone who does the same thing twice over. So this week, I decided to wear a t-shirt. <laughs> Good thing about t-shirts is you can keep wearing them and wearing them and wearing them until they smell. And then you wash them. And I'm wondering how many I can get wears out of this before I can wash it. But there was a guy this week. There's one of the, the, the mums here, one of the wives here said, you know what? My husband been listening to you because this week, and he shall remain faceless, but Tim Farmelo was, was ironing his shirts, and they probably came just straight out of the package. It's a compelling clip, isn't it? This, this Sully, Chesley Sullinger, in 2009, left LaGuardia Airport, and there he was confronted by something that no one could have prepared for. And he landed that plane on the Hudson River, saving 155 lives. Talk about 2020 vision or 2020 wisdom. I mean, he had it in bucket loads. I love what he said afterwards. This is attributed to him, a quote. One way of looking at this might be that for 42 years, I've been making small, regular deposits in this bank of experience, education, and training. And on January 15th, the balance was sufficient so that I could make a very large withdrawal. I love that. See, as we're thinking about wisdom, wisdom isn't just the collection of information or data that circles around in our heads. It's the application of that information into real-life circumstances so that we flourish. If you like, wisdom is not born in a moment. It's nourished over a lifetime. So let me ask you the question this morning. What are you nourishing in your life such that you might be able to reach into the bank and withdraw a big deposit this year? You see, the Bible has this this wonderful kind of narrative, this understanding of what wisdom is. It's called Hokmah. Wisdom isn't just this floating information out in space and time, if you like. The Bible has this understanding of wisdom being something that's woven into the fabric of our universe. It's an attribute of God. In fact, when it's spoken of, it's spoken of a female. This, this amazing female that's smart and intelligent and she's, she's got bucket loads. She's, she's wisdom. She's hokmah. And when human beings like you and I are making good decisions, applying life skillfully, we're actually tapping into the fabric that's been woven into this universe of the personal being, an attribute called Hulkma. When human beings choose to, to go a foolish way and disregard that information, they don't apply it well, they're ignoring Hulkma. And so the Bible personifies this, this wisdom as a woman, and, and she's skillful, and she's artistic, 
and she's good at commerce and family and relationships. She's to be heard and she's to be listened to. You see, the whole understanding of why we need wisdom is based upon two assumptions that we don't often think about. The first assumption is this, is that you and I don't always have our best interests at heart. (laughs) Have you noticed that? Have you ever, what do you mean? What do you mean, Troy? Okay, have you ever walked out of a shop and you've just purchased something that you don't need, you don't want, and you can't afford? (laughs) Anyone? Have you ever found yourself walking into a shop and, and, and you just, you buy something and on the way out you're having this conversation with yourself and you're saying, why did I just buy that? I mean, why do they do that? I have this experience regularly when I go to Bunnings. I walk down the aisles and I'm just looking at stuff, right? And that, that stuff as I'm walking down there, like it looks good, right? I, sometimes I have no idea what it does, but it's just like, wow, that could be amazing. And, and, and it's shiny, <laughs> so why not? And I find myself, I don't know about you, walking out sometimes thinking, what, why, don't I, did, why on earth did I just purchase that? I decided I was going to tighten the belt this year and, and I impulsively, yeah? But also... We don't always have that best interest at heart because we find ourselves asking the question, why did I do that dumb thing? Have you ever done a dumb thing and asked yourself afterwards, why do they do that dumb thing? I'm not just talking about when you were a kid. I'm talking about like recently. Have you ever found yourself doing a dumb thing and you've gone, that was a really dumb thing. Why did I do that? I have. (laughs) In fact, not that long ago, I was mowing the lawn at our place and, and I was pushing the lawnmower along and as I was mowing the lawn, I looked down and I noticed that the cap for the spark plug was off. And as I was mowing the lawn, I looked down and I went, oh, the cap to the spark plug is off. I should put that back on as I'm mowing the lawn. What I didn't realize is that Spark plugs carry like a voltage on average between 12 and 25,000 volts, right? They've got this charge. It won't kill you because there's not enough current going in there, but it's enough to give you a good, a good like stampede whack, right? I had no idea about this. And so there I am mowing the lawn and I see the cap of the spark plug off. And what do I do? I decide to put it back on whilst it's running. So I reach down. And I touch the spark plug. Don't touch the spark plug (laughs) when it's running. Because, man, that thing hit me so hard. It hit me into tomorrow. It was so hard. (laughs) Have you ever found yourself doing something that's dumb? And you ask yourself afterwards, why did I do that dumb thing? See, the assumption of Hulkmar and wisdom is that you and I do not always have our best interests at heart. Sometimes we are willful and do our own thing. Sometimes we just wander, and sometimes we are just plain old, dumb, and weak. And all of those things are part of the fabric of being human. Don't make excuses for them, but you will do well to grow in them. The second assumption that we don't often think about always intuitively is that there's a source of wisdom. There's a creator being that wants to give you wisdom so that your life might flourish. In fact, the first saying, the first heed in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs is, the beginning of wisdom is to fear God. If you like, he's 
like a spark plug. He can do amazingly good, powerful things. You can, your lawn can look great. But don't mess with it because life can, can hit you as well. He is the source of life that flourishes. So as we look into 2020 this year, I wonder what you might learn from Hochmar. Will you heed her voice? Will you listen to her ways? I mean, I don't know what challenges you might face. I don't know what decisions you're going to have to deal with. I don't know what um, disasters or hardship or heartaches you might have to wrestle with. But I wonder what part of wisdom would serve you well if you would open your ears and open your heart to Hokmah. If you have a Bible with you, or if you want to follow us on Version Bible app, I'm going to turn right now, I'm going to look at three sections from the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, in three little chunks, and I want to speak to you about three things. Because the question I'm trying to answer today is, how on earth do you live it? How on earth do you live wisdom? And I want to say three things. You, you've got to make routine, sort of regular deposits. You've got to make routine detours. And you've also got to make room for disappointment. Let's start with the first. Make regular deposits. This is what it says, Proverbs chapter 4, 4 to 7. Listen, my child, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. We've got this posture of like a dad and he's pulling his kids in close and he's having a, a fireside discussion. He's, he's doing a face-to-face. He's doing a heart-to-heart. And he really wants to impress something on his kids as they grow. He says this, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, my child, get wisdom. Though it costs you all that you have, get understanding. And he goes on and says this, cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. I mean, it sounds like a wedding, doesn't it? Have you ever heard, gone to a wedding and you've heard those, those vows being exchanged to love and to cherish as long as you both shall live? It's this kind of idea of being united and gripping hold of and taking hold of wisdom, chokmah, and not letting go and holding on for dear life. Because if you do, and if you listen to her, you'll receive like a crown It'll be like something that, that is, is radiating from you. That person is wise. How do I apply this in my own life? Well, I get in the habit of doing three things. I ask God, I ask myself, and I ask others. What do you mean by that, Troy? Well, firstly, when I find myself in circumstances and situations that seem beyond me, that seem to be a challenge... I pray. I make it a regular routine habit. Sometimes I wake up in the morning if I know the day ahead is going to be challenging and it's filled with some tricky conversations or some tricky things to navigate. I find myself praying, God, would you help me? Would you give me my wisdom? Jesus, would you go before me? I mean, the number of times I've sat outside of people's houses or sat in the car before I've gone into a place unsure of what's going to happen and I've just said, God, 
I need your wisdom now. Would you go before me? Would you prepare a way? Would you open up my heart? Would you open up my mind so that I might know your wisdom? You want to be wise? Get it. How do you get it? Make a routine habit of asking. One of the most profound ways that you can get wisdom is just wake up in the morning and ask God. Another way is that you open the book of Proverbs and you read it. 28 chapters, around 30 days in the month, I put this challenge to you. Do you want to get wisdom? Read it. A chapter a day keeps the doctor away. A chapter a day where you say, God, would you speak to me? God, would you open up my mind and heart so that I get wisdom? And then you get a passage and you chew on it and you chew on it and you chew on it all through the day and you will grow in wisdom. I ask God. Second thing that I do is that I ask myself. Why? Why would you ask yourself, Troy, if you know that you don't always have your best interests at heart? Is because I am responsible for my life. No one else. Let me say it again. You are responsible for your life. I mean, I can sit up here on Sundays and I can spoon feed you. I can put a little bib around you. I can draw you close and I can give you stuff and I can put it in your mouth and you can eat it and that is good. But there's nothing like you learning to feed yourself. Why? Because you and I are responsible for our lives, are we not? You see, so when I actually find myself in situations or circumstances, I roll through my mind when I'm thinking about other people, when I'm thinking about, I go, actually, Troy, I've got to ask myself some critical questions. Is this good for me? Is this good for others? And is this pleasing to God? Is this good for me? Is this good for others? Or is this pleasing to God? I flip that down in the next section as well, but it rolls through my mind. I have to ask myself, is this a wise thing to do? Many years ago, I was working when I was training to be a physical education teacher. I was working in a gymnasium, local gymnasium in Eltham. Had a young lady, she came into the gym. She said, I want to get fit. I want to get fit. I said, great. I wrote her a program. Great program. Awesome program. I watched her for the next month do that program. She would walk around the gym. Uh, she would come in wearing her good clothes. She would come in all maked up, and, and, and then she would go to the exercise machine. She would exercise, and then she'd stop, pause, and have a conversation with a guy that went on for a little bit longer and longer and longer. Then she'd go back to the next thing. And she comes to me this day after a month, and she says, I don't like your program. Your program doesn't work. And I had a decision. I had a question that was rolling around my head that I wish in hindsight... I had learnt some wisdom and I had have asked myself, is this good? So I said, do you want to know the truth, honey? She said, I want to know the truth. She said, I said, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> she said, try me. I said, okay, all right. It's not working for this reason. The program's not the problem. You're the problem. I said, number one, you want to, you want to actually make this thing work? The first thing you've got to do is come and you're going to wear old clothes. You see, because if you wear good clothes, you don't want to get them sweaty. I said, number two, when you're doing the exercises, I don't want you to talk to men. Eradicate them from your life. <laughs> you do not come to the gym to pick up. You come to work out. 
And lastly, and this was the, this was, this was the clincher. This was, the, I don't know what I was thinking. It was stupid. I didn't have wisdom at that time. I said, don't wear makeup. I said, when you wear makeup, you don't want to sweat because it runs, right? He said, you come to the gym to work out, to work hard, to sweat, so you get the benefits of the program. We learned two things that day about each other. She will never ask that question again. And I will never say what I'm thinking truly ever again. Because she never spoke to me and never saw her again. Ask yourself. Third thing, ask others. Some of those powerful insight you can have in your life is when you ask others because they've got a skill, they've got some knowledge, they've got some insight that they have that you can get. I mean, I posture myself like this. If someone's doing something like pour on concrete, I want to know how they do it. If they're skillful at it, you'll catch me standing beside them saying, wow, that's amazing. Can you tell me how do you do that? And they tell me all about it. There's intricacies. And I say, could you tell me more? Could you tell me more? Could you tell me more? You need to be like absorbing it. Why? Because if you make regular routine deposits, it stores a bank for skills for life. You see, as soon as you say, I've reached it, I know it all, you've stopped learning. What's God going to be teaching you this year? What do you need to learn this year that you're not listening to that you could if you just get into the habit of posturing yourself to ask others? If you think you know it all, you've stopped growing. There you're dangerous. You want to keep going, you want to keep growing, you adopt a learning, listening posture. You make regular deposits. Second thing I want to say is this you need to make routine detours. Make routine detours in your life. What do I mean by this? Well, this is what goes on in Proverbs 14, chapter 4, 14 onwards. It says this Do not set your foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the ways of the evildoers. You see, out there in the world, it is not neutral. Our world is not neutral. No one else is looking out for your best interests and there are forces out there and people out there who want to get you sidetracked. They want to use you. They want to get you. They want you to do stuff they want you to do because they get pleased when you stumble and fall and trip. There are forces out there that are bent on that for you. The world is not neutral. So the writer says, avoid it. When you hear the voices, when you hear those, those whispers, those tempers, avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it, and go on your way. In other words, make regular detours, routine detours. I will go around that. I won't stay there. I won't listen to it. In fact, he presses on and says, for they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. And you've got to be smart and you've got to have smarts because life is not just neutral. And you don't always have your best interests at heart. So how do I live this? How do I apply this? Well, the first thing is I've got to understand that my wanter is sometimes wonky. And I have a healthy disrespect for my desires. <laughs> you see, last week we had a parent-child dedication. And we met Micah and Jude. And here they are as two little toddlers. You see, one of the greatest things that a parent can do for a child is pour wisdom into them. Because it's about training your wanter to want what's good. Because not all desires are equal. Not all desires are good for you, believe it or not. And this is a picture of them eating chocolate cake for the first time. Do you see their eyes? Do you see how wide they are? Do you see how alive they are? Now imagine as a parent you walked into the 
the breakfast room each morning and you said to Micah and Jude, what would you like for breakfast this morning, kids? You can have pureed banana and broccoli or you can have chocolate cake. What do you think they would choose every time? Why? Because their wanters right now don't know the difference between what's good for them and what's not. That's what life is about. Learning to discern between what's good for you and what's not under God. So I find myself in life needing to at times pause and reach out to Hokma. And I ask myself these questions. Is this good for me? Is this good for others? And is this pleasing to God? In fact, if you flip those around the other way, pretty much everything would fall into place. Is this what I'm about to do pleasing to God? Then it's most likely going to be good for others and it's probably going to be good for myself. In fact, there's nothing that God doesn't ask you to do that ultimately isn't good for you, that is good for others and honoring and pleasing to him. If we would listen, life is to be found in God. So I wonder if you're one of those impulsive people today. Are you impulsive? And 2020, the best thing that you can do is learn to say no or learn to pause. You're about to do something, you're about to buy something, you're about to say something, and what you need to do is get into the habit of hitting the pause button. Why? Because it gives you time to think and ask yourself the three questions. <laughs> or maybe you're in the room here this morning and you're someone who often has your head focused down. Yeah? Now, now in driving, if you have your head focused down, it's kind of not good. I was trying to teach this to my daughter this week. I said, honey, it's not just the next 10 meters. It's 100 meters and then it's 400 meters. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. It's 10 meters, it's 100 meters, and then 400 meters. Do you see the light two blocks down? No. You've got to look ahead, you've got to look middle, and you've got to look low. Ahead, middle, low. Ahead, middle, low. Brace, 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 <laughs> down. Ah, ah, ah. Sorry. Just went there. If I only had to hit the pause. <laughs> you see, some of you need to lift your head. Most powerful thing you can do this, this year is to avoid disaster, avoid a heartache, is to hit the pause, look ahead, ask God, ask yourself, is this good for others? Is this good for me? Is this pleasing to God? That is what making routine detours are about, is learning to say no. And finally, the third thing, you with me? Third thing is this, make room for disappointment. What do you mean by that? Well, let me show you. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. Then, 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 all your ways will be sure. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Give careful thought, then all your ways will 
be sure. No, they won't. You see, some of you here this morning, and you prayed, and you sought, and you asked, and you asked others, you applied all the above things, and then you took that job, you went on that trip, you broke that relationship, or you went into it, you made that buy, you said those words, and it went horribly, horribly wrong, right? You see, because we have this unspoken contract with God, if you're far from God or close to him, it still works the same. We have this unspoken, which goes like this, God, if I do this, then you will do that for me. That's what the Bible says. Look, Give careful thought, then all your ways. No, it won't. Why? Because there are evils in this world. Because there is heartache in this world. That's not the way God works. He's not a genie. He doesn't work on contractual basis. He has a hesed love for you. And when Jesus walked this earth, he said, In this world, you will have trouble. But take courage because I have overcome it. When Jesus was with his disciples in the last days, he said, I want you to go out into the world and tell them about my life and my death, my resurrection, that God's kingdom has come here on earth and you will be successful in everything that you do. Everything that you do will go well for you. Everything that you pray about will happen to you. Because God's here just to bless you and give you and give you and give you and give you whatever you want. No. He said through the heartache, through the challenge, through the pain and sometimes the confusion of suffering, I will be with you. That's my promise. To energize you, to sustain you when you can't, And to be present with you even when you don't know it. So the passage that we, some people know about, that goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not only on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Uh. (laughs) He won't give you success necessarily. But Hokma, when you tap into her, she'll generally make your path straighter. Hmm? I'm going to ask the band to come up in a moment. In fact, come up, come up now. So I just want to move into a space right here where you've been hearing me bang on and I'd like God to speak to you in the space about Hawkmah and wisdom in 2020. You see, how do you live it? How do you live it? You've got to make room for disappointment. You've got to make return detours. And you've got to make regular deposits. I wonder if you're here this morning and you're hurting because you made the ask of God 
and it all came crumbling down. And you think, God, what on earth was that about? When the world looks at what happened to me, they say, I failed. I mean, it wasn't a success. Bottomed out. And he might whisper back to you, well, when everything was falling apart and the people were backstabbing one another, did you join in? No, I didn't. When everyone else was going crazy, gossiping about everyone else around about them, sinking with the ship, did you gossip and wish the ship would go down even faster just because you wanted to pay back evil with evil? No, I didn't. But what did you do? I, I, I prayed for your help. I, I prayed that you'd give me wisdom in situations. I prayed that you would give me grace when everyone else is not being gracious. I prayed you'd give me patience when no one else was patient and that, that I would resist from stabbing someone in the back because someone else had just done it to me. And he might say back to you, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you didn't enter into the ways of the world. You wanted to please your heavenly Father. And to be honest, whilst the world might say you are a failure, I tell you, you are an outstanding success in my economy. Get what I'm saying? So, just as we pause, what's Hawkmar speaking to you about that's going to save you, rescue you, help you if you would just love her, cherish her, embrace her? Because she stands in the public square, out in the open, and she calls aloud, and she raises her voice. Does anyone, does anyone want to listen to me? Because I'm here to be found. So as you pause, I just believe that God's nudging things in your life. Okay, so seal it. Seal it. Promise him as best you can. God, line in the sand, I'm going to do it. That's my goal. That's my 2020 vision. No, I want 2020 wisdom. Okay. Before you and him. There's some tables around the room. People who are Jesus followers, we practice this ancient rite, this custom called communion. It's a sacred space. It's a space in which Jesus followers remember his ultimate sacrifice that he gave of himself, that he bled and died so that you might be forgiven, that you might be washed clean. You might be here this morning and you say, I didn't listen to Hokmah in 2019 and I feel guilty. I feel ashamed. 
I just feel like a failure. I want to chuck the whole thing in. And Jesus would whisper to you, no. That's why I died for you. That's why I rose to new life for you, to defeat the powers and to wash you clean. And if you confess your sin, I am faithful and just and I will forgive you and I will wash you clean. Start again right now in 2020. So if you want to participate with us, I'm going to invite you in a few moments to come to the table, take some bread. Jesus said on the night he was betrayed, this is my body which is given for you. He took the cup afterwards. Take the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood. I'm making a new people with a new way. They're going to shine my light in this world. And why don't you go back to your seat? Why don't you pause and thank him and worship him and seal what he's speaking to you about today? If you're not a regular and you'd like to join with us, my one criteria is this, that if you participate, that it's about Jesus and what he's done for you, and you thank him for it. it might be the first time, but you open up your heart to him and say, come on in. There's a little card you can pick up that will help you explain what to do. Oh, it's been good to talk. Have you heard woman wisdom? She's amazing. Why don't we participate together? Let's celebrate the gift of life Jesus gave.